This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Anytime soon, it's uh, it's really stark. Woo! It is, uh, it is a rough watch on a nightly basis. And you would have thought that after that uh, 14-1 loss against the Orioles, well, that's got to be rock bottom. But no, I think I think that it, it has to be a while before it's it's any worse. Now it might be the same, and more of the same is not good. But it, it's going to be a while before it gets worse than getting uh, two hit uh, against the Cubs and Jamison Tyone, who came into the night with one of the worst ERAs. I think the worst ERA of qualified starters in Major League Baseball, and to not even get a runner in scoring position again. The commercial breaks took longer than the Yankee innings. I mean, you could, those games are flying by at warp speed last night. At least the Yankee at bats, that's for sure. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Subi is in Midtown. Subi, what's going on? Hey, Gordon, uh, regarding the Yankees, do you think the wheels have been in motion since that 2009 championship where Brian Cashman cannot be even replaced by Steinbrenner because of the fact that he has so much already. The wheels have already been in motion since then. Like, even if they went out and pursued another GM, it would take two to three years for that guy to just settle in. So at this point, Yankees have to, Yankee fans either have to not show up to the ballpark or they have to hope that they tank or they lose in some amazing fashion. So do you think that uh, Yankee fans, it's like a lose-lose situation where Cashman is here to stay because the wheels are already in motion? That's all i got to say. Um, I, well, I, I don't know what that means, the wheels are already in motion. It does seem like he's the fifth Steinbrenner. It doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. And it, I would think that if this year ends as poorly as it possibly could, and even if um, – even if – Hal had a, a come-to-Jesus moment where he looked at this organization and said, what am I spending all this money on? I don't know that Cashman would necessarily be fired. He might be, like, moved to some other role within the organization or something like that. It does kind of feel like he's like a Supreme Court justice. He's got a job for life. Um, and to get a contract extension after the performance of last year during the trade deadline, I mean, the last year and a half, has been so bad. It's like every move has been Even the good moves have not been sensational. Like the, the Bader move was good because he's good when he plays, but he didn't play that often. And it's not surprising that he, he doesn't play. He, he was a guy who was hurt when you got him. He's been hurt a lot in his career. And the injuries you can't use as an excuse when you continually get guys who are hurt every single season. Uh, the Montas trade was a disaster last year. All the guys getting hurt. The performance of the, the team against the Astros last year was abysmal. Uh, and every, it's clear that he was, he was being brought back. Now, fans are never going to sit and, and root for, for losses, so I, I don't expect that. But you have to kind of hope that it becomes clear to the Yankees. And they've done it before. They've done it under Brian Cashman before where they realize, wait a sec, we're not really contenders. We're kind of in the middle ground here. Uh, and, and the middle is, is, is kind of the worst place to be. So in 2016, they, they correctly eva- evaluated that at the time, and that kind of led to 2017. They, they were sellers at the trade deadline. They got some, some young players. Now, it didn't all really work out. They got, basically, they got Glaber. 
they they made the trade with uh, to, with Andrew Miller as well, and they got uh, Clint Frazier, who did have some moments as a Yankee. He had some, um, but it never really worked out for him. But I think that that's where you have to you have to read things fairly. And unfortunately, I don't expect them to tell us the truth all the time. But you'd like to get you'd like to get the feeling that they were telling you that that they are that they could quickly correctly uh, evaluate where they're actually at. And I don't know that that's the case because more times than not, they just say the same things and it's, it's getting harder and harder to believe. Like how anyone could have thought that this offense was going to improve this year when you saw what it looked like last year. Again, even with Aaron Judge, it's not a good offense. Judge is great. He fixes a lot. But the rest of it, uh, th- there needs to be um, a remaking of the offense. That much is clear. And, and there's some spots that you're not going to be really able to do anything with. DJ LeMahieu, I don't think, is, uh, is going anywhere. Stanton's clearly not going anywhere. But after this year, you'll be free of Donaldson. Maybe they, they have to think about something else at first base. And they, they certainly probably should think about maybe getting an actual left fielder, somebody who can actually play that position. Left field, a lot of times when the Yankees were great, that was, that was like almost an afterthought of a position, but they were loaded everywhere else. When you're not loaded everywhere else, all these spots kind of become important to have. Uh, shortstop, you know you're going to have Volpe there. Maybe they have to think about something at second base. I, I mean, LeMahieu's going to be here, so he's going to play second, third, maybe he becomes more of a utility player. You can't really rely on him at this point after what you've seen here the last couple of years and just the, the trend line. If he's healthy. Now, maybe behind the scenes, he's not actually healthy, but he's healthy enough to go out there and play. If this is what a healthy DJ LeMahieu looks at 34, what does he have, three years left on his contract? That was a guy that you thought, or at least the numbers would tell you, contact hitter probably should age a little bit better than just a strict power guy, but that's that's not been the case. So they have to look at this fairly and say, this is where the offense is at. And they've not really done much to improve the offense. They brought in Bader. He's good when he plays. Donaldson, that did, clearly did not work out. Rizzo was a good move at the time, but you have to want I mean, he hasn't hit a home run in like 40 games. I, and it's almost like the Met thing. Would I expect him to be better than this from this point forward? Yeah, I would expect him to be better. But is he going to be really good? Is he going to get back to the, to the Anthony Rizzo that we, we saw earlier in his career? I, I don't know. He's getting older. So, yeah, the Yankees have to, uh, they have to look at things fairly and evaluate things fairly. And you can't use the same old excuses. And that Hal cut that when he was on with Kay about having a difficult conversation if we don't make the playoffs – you have to stop blaming injuries as if there's some thing that you can't control and it just comes out of the clear blue sky. There are injuries that happen that way. You know, the, the Benatendi injury last year, that was just a fluke. Guy was making a play, hurt his wrist, was gone. Okay, that, that, th- these things do happen. But continually relying on players who are hurt and then being surprised, much like the offense is bad, oh, I'm surprised. You can't be surprised with guys who get hurt every single year that they got hurt every single year. At some point, that's on you. That's on, at some point, that's on the guy who's putting the team together. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we'll continue to take your phone calls on the, the Yankees and Mets, but I do want to focus on the Knicks because just when you thought 
boy, that Obi Toppin trade didn't get a lot back from him for him. Uh, yesterday, got to see what they actually got back, and it actually is worse than I thought. So we'll get into that next. Gordon Damer, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Stanton hitting third, Rizzo fourth, Bader fifth. Donaldson's the DH. He's the DH, people. I thought he was. He, I thought it was his his elite glove at third base. He has such an elite glove that that's why he's a real value here. Then why are you making him the DH? Now I would agree. His glove and Lemayhu's glove. There's not that much difference. I haven't seen it. But Donaldson's the DH. Uh, Lemayhu is hitting seventh. He's playing third. Kind of Falefa is playing left field. So it, again. Another day where a person who does not play the outfield is playing the outfield for a team that's worth billions of dollars, and then uh, Trevino is uh, behind the plate. He's hitting ninth. Should be a great day at the stadium today. It's time now for a leaderboard update. Yeah, brought to you by Glenn Fittick, and God knows after looking at that lineup, I could use some Glenn Fittick. Uh, Cameron Young leads going into the third round. He's at 13 under, better, two better than uh, three others. And that's your leaderboard update. Brought to you by Glenn Fittick, single malt scotch whiskey, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey, skillfully crafted, enjoy responsibly, Glenn Fittick, single malt scotch whiskey, ABV, 40% alcohol by volume, 2023, imported by William Grant and Sons, New York, New York. All right, so it is uh, Gordon Damer, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. I got to take a break from the Yankees, like a, a serious break from the Yankees. But so let's go. Let's move on to something else. Let's move on to the Knicks. Bing bong. Yeah, Knicks talk, baby. Yeah. And yesterday, I thought it was um, interesting. I finally got to see, and, I, and maybe this was out there immediately. I, I just didn't see it, so I, I don't know. But. Did anyone else see what the Knicks actually got back for Obi Top? I know, oh, you got two second-round picks. That's not a lot. It's even worse than that. The picks that they got back are the least favorable of the Pacers and Suns 2028 second-round pick and the least favorable of the Pacers or Wizards 2029. 2028 and 2029. Even for someone whose days are fading here as I get older and older, that seems really far away. 2028? Giancarlo Stanton, I don't even know if he'll be a Yankee that far. That's how far away that is. 2029? Oh, my Lord. 2029. Where is that person? If you're getting drafted in 2029, what are you, in elementary? Are you in sixth grade? You got to do the math on that. 2029, the first round, if you are getting drafted as a 19-year-old, so that's six years in the future, 19, 13. Yeah, you'd be in elementary school right now. Not that that put it over the top, but when you have all the facts at your disposal, that trade and those pieces... They are coming back to burn the Knicks. They, you gave up something of value. No matter how you value Obi Toppin, you gave up something of value for essentially nothing. Unless he gets hurt, he will be worth more than those two picks. 
and two second round picks is, is not a whole lot. That's that should be like for a fringe guy. He was a guy who was in your rotation. So um, we we talked a lot here the last week or so, at least uh, on my show, about the criticism of Tibbs by Nick fans. Uh, here, here's the the good news: if you're a Nick fan and you don't like Tibbs and you don't like this deal, which I don't know any Nick fan is like, no, this is a good deal. Even Nick fans don't think this is a good deal. And Nick fans are delusional. I'll be the first one to point that out. I haven't fa- as crazy as Nick fans are and as crazy as some callers are, there hasn't been one single person who's tried to make the point. No, the OB deal, that was a good deal for the Knicks. Not one. That tell that that should be <laughs> that should be a pretty f- uh, fair barometer of that's a really bad deal, and that almost certainly will come back to burn the Knicks. But here's the good news. Find the silver lining. That's me. Silver lining guy. This was their plan. This was their plan. They didn't get caught somehow and, oh, we just have this player and we can't get anything for him. This was the plan. They, uh, Obi was not part of, of their plans moving forward. They were going to get set to pay him. That, it didn't surprise them. They, they, they know the schedule of these things, of how players get paid. Uh, their plan was to go out, and, and, and this, this was their first option, too. DiVincenzo was their, their first. It seems like, by all accounts, this was their plan A. They didn't have any major moves up their sleeve. They, they, they obviously look at the improvement is going to come from building their program from within. Now, I'm not saying that they, they didn't want to make any major moves, but there were no major moves that they knew that they were going to make. So their improvement this upcoming season is, is basically kind of running it back to a certain degree and bringing in some outside shooting in DiVincenzo, who they like, and a lot of people think is a fair deal, getting a full year of Josh Hart, the added shooting in a second year of Jalen Brunson. So it better work. Because if the Knicks are good and Obi's good, there'll be criticism, but you can live with it. Right, like, well, yes, he they 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 traded away something and didn't get a whole lot back, but the team is really good, and this is the way they're going forward. And if the Knicks are good and Obi is good, it it will they they can survive that. But if they struggle for any reason and Obi goes there, and and you'd have to think just by getting more playing time, he's going to pr- improve. They they'll never they'll never hear the end of it. So, Brian Windhorst was on the K Show yesterday. And look, he's a guy who's not just an insider. He sees things coming from from down the road, right? Remember the, the famous clip with him and the Utah Jazz and all that type of stuff. So, um, if it does, if the if the Knicks off season doesn't make sense to you or I, and it 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 seems like there's something missing here. You got to go to somebody who like Brian Windhorst, who he, with all his knowledge from inside the the league. He will have the answers for analyzing the Knicks offseason. So here's Brian Windhorst yesterday on the K-Show. I was a little surprised by the OB Toppin trade. Obviously, it got out there that he and Tom Thibodeau had that exchange, whatever it was, in the postseason. I don't know if it was non-recoverable because that guy was in your rotation. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to be honest with you, I don't care if you give me two second-round picks or four second-round picks, the chances of getting a rotation player with a second-round pick is not great. They traded a rotation player for picks. I do think the DiVincenzo signing is very good value, getting that type of player for that 
that type of contract is good value. And I also know that they've been wanting to hold on to Evan Fournier because they're waiting to make a big trade. And I don't know if that big trade is going to happen. I don't think they do either. I'm not saying that they have it, that they know exactly what it's going to be, but I think that they want to leave their options open. No, that didn't make you feel a whole lot better. Even Brian Windhorst doesn't know what the Knicks are doing. <laughs> it's one thing for you and I to be surprised by these things, but when one of the NBA insiders sees a deal and is like, wow, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, that's not a good look. Now, again, if the Knicks are right and it's on them to be right, everything will be okay. But it can't make you feel great that you hear from, from people really inside the league and they're like, wow, that's a really surprising trade. Here's Brian Windhorse on the Knicks sticking to the plan. They were rewarded last year for patience. They did not go all in on Donovan Mitchell and they ended up in a good place as a team. They did not go all in at the trade deadline. They made a prudent, smart, high-value addition in Josh Hart. They had very good results showing patience. And so I think, you know, that's one of the things that they have lacked over the years is they haven't had patience. And I think they're waiting for a big fish to swim along. And I wish I could tell you that I knew it was going to happen in the next four months or 12 months or whatever. But they're sitting there holding in a, a remarkable hand and they're waiting to deploy it. And I know that that hand that, you know, future draft picks and cap flexibility isn't necessarily going to beat the bucks. But I kind of appreciate them having a plan and at least sticking to it. That's something they haven't always done. All right, so there you go. There's Brian Windhorst yesterday on the K-Show, and he's right. Like The Knicks do have a plan, and patience is good because we've seen the opposite of that too many times, and it burns the Knicks every single time that it's happened. So to have somebody who has had some patience, is not just waiting for any deal, is waiting for the right deal, that is good. But you do kind of have to want – there is a, a ticking clock on this, right? The, the, somebody brought this up um, – during one of the shows I was filling in for Dan during the week. Like, what happens if you get to the draft next year and you still haven't made that big deal? The idea that you just have all these assets and can wait forever for the deal, that's not true. I think four of the first-round picks that they have stockpiled are for next year's draft. So that tells you if, it's, if the deal is not coming this offseason and it doesn't look like it's coming this offseason, then you really have this upcoming season to make that big deal or shortly after the season because all of uh, half of those where they have seven picks or something like that in the next four drafts that half of that or more than half of that is coming up in, in this draft so you always kind of wondered with the Knicks that yes they have a star that they're going to go out and get but do they have a star in mind that they know or are they waiting for the right deal? Are they informed and plugged in? Or are they just simply using a smart approach to, to kind of wait for the deal, to, almost like the game to come to them, wait for the deal to come to them? It seems like it's the second one. And you would think with, with the former agent in Leon Rose, it would be the first one, right? He's a smart, informed guy who can hear things that maybe aren't out there in the NBA. But as more time goes by... It's good to have patience. It's good to have a smart approach, but the clock is ticking. They, it doesn't happen forever. And if, if, if they come to the point where those, first, those four first-round picks are, are on the clock, you never, you never acquired those picks to use those picks, not in the, at the draft. You, used, you got those picks to use those picks to go get somebody. 
Uh, all right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phone. Let's go to uh, Omar is in Brooklyn. Omar, what's going on, my friend? How are you, Gordon Damon? It's been a long time. All of a sudden, the Mets win six games in a row, and you're, you're, you're back on the air. <laughs> I knew they won something. At least I have a, a last six or seven days I can say, okay, at least one of my team is doing something. Listen, uh, with the Knicks uh, patience, you can say that. Uh, you know you know, uh, the signing of uh, with CAA, with Ananobi, they're, they're looking for him. Uh, they're going to sign uh, they want him this year, but they're patient enough for, for next year that he's a free agent. He's coming here. They are, they are very high on him. I am high. Uh, he he has hit a big time shot in the championship game against Philadelphia. Uh, he he's one. He can guard one, two, three, four. Uh, the best wing defender, one of the elite best wing defenders. And then they say no to a Paul George trade. That even I admire Paul George. I like that. Uh, I have seen years. He's not the same player, but asking for extension. I, I'm not giving no Paul George five years extension. No, that is the right move to do. Why we can make a deal, give two first round picks, but you play this off year if you are healthy and you give us to us at the end of the year we will communicate and we will try to give you a we're not giving you no maximum at age 33 and give you you have not been healthy for years every year you have been playing cards and Thibodeau doesn't like these you have to understand our team is a bunch of role players blue collar job mentality who plays hard nose and they can extend to the level that they have Ananobi is a great defender with George Hart with RJ Barrett the the lapses that Julius Randle have defensively, he can cover it up with Obi top and gone. You can have a backup uh, a, a power forward with Anunobi. They are going for Anunobi. They're going to give even two first rounders. We are not giving no RJ Barrett for uh, for him. We are giving three first round picks and uh, a Fournier contract if they want it this year. If they want to go, uh, they don't want a contract. Nobody is giving a better deal than the Knicks. Uh, 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 Indiana is not giving a better deal. Oklahoma is not giving a better deal. He doesn't want to play in Oklahoma. He's a CA agent. He's coming to the Knicks. So Toronto should understand. If you don't want to sign him, he is going to be a New York Knicks next year. He's a CA agent. Leon Rose was a CA agent. So uh, you give him to him. You lose him for nothing. You give it to the Knicks. The Knicks are not giving RJ Barrett to you. Simple as that. You can ask whatever you want on RJ Barrett. Knicks are not giving RJ Barrett for Ananobi. We want to keep RJ Barrett. Julius Randle. Three players were unhealthy in that series. We went to Game Six. Quinton Grimes was injured. Iman Cookley was injured. Julius Randle was injured. I think we can click. Philadelphia is losing their momentum, so the Knicks are the top three team in the East anyhow. And if they get Ananobi, we can roll. Miami Heat has lost three players. If we if they get a deal with Damian Lillard, Boston Celtics has lost. The defensive player of the year. Prozingas is an injury-prone player. Yes, people are making waves. Oh, what a deal, what a deal. What offensively they can do. But how many games they're going to play? Are they going to be healthy? Embiid and James Harden were not healthy. We have seen Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving were not injured. We have young players that play 70-plus games every year. And Ananobi is young. He plays uh, uh, almost 65 to 70 games every year. And he is a very, very, very great wing defender. He can right. guard 
right, Omar, Omar likes uh, Ananobi. I, I, I get it. Um, lock it up. That, now that Omar says that the Knicks are getting them, uh, the odds just went down. That would not be a surprise. That's a name that's been mentioned a, a bunch of times. He is. He did change agencies, so it does seem like that might be lined up uh, to happen. Now you'd have to make a deal with uh, Messiah Jiri, who I don't know that many GMs like making deals with that guy because that guy's really smart, and he generally gets the better of the deals. If, if you're telling me that you've stockpiled all of that, all of these resources to go out and get, you know, a nice player. Uh, it's not It's not exactly a blockbuster. It's a nice player. It's a nice fit. You could definitely see that happening. But does that make you better than the Bucks? Does that make you better than the Heat? Does that make you better than the Celtics? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's go out to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, what's going on? Good good morning, GD. Good morning, Chantel. Shout out to the company. I'm actually in Fort Lauderdale right now visiting my baby nephew. He's about to get baptized in a couple hours. Oh, very ready nice. for Congratulations to you and your family. Okay. Thank you so much. So I just wanted to – I had two points. One with the Yankees situation because injuries are the crapshoot now, apparently. <laughs> so yeah. We just oh, they're, they're like, definitely – that's definitely going to – that is going to be a talking point. You, you book, book it now. <laughs> Yeah, because cause it's like because it, it, even though the Aaron Judge injury was a freak freak accident injury, we all know that Aaron Judge is always going to spend some time on this stint. Just like we knew back then, there would be a time where Bernie Williams will pull his hamstring, take take fifteen to thirty days off throughout the season, and we would have guys like Shane Spencer, Ricky Leday, even a Daryl Strawberry or David Justice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the issue is that this is a roster construction depth issue. And the fact that they do not have major league baseball players to actually back up these players, because Shane Spencer was not great. Ricky Leday was not great, but they were still productive enough to make sure that those championship teams did not fall off a tailspin like you were we're seeing now. So that's my point with the Yankees. Now to the next point. Um, one, the OB top and trade is horrendous. And uh, and the one thing that I caution Nick fans, because I was hearing, you know, the great Ty D. Butler yesterday, because we, we got into, into a nice Twitter exchange, you know, over Darius Garland and R.J. Barrett. One thing that I constantly get tired of, and, and, I, and I was fault for this, too, because I did it with guys like Donovan Mitchell, and I did it with the guy, remember Joe Johnson? Mm-hmm. All right, so Joe Johnson was this guy that he 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 took the he took the Mac extension with the, with the Atlanta Hawks. People thought that he was just a product of Steve Nash's system, and he ended up developing into an All Star with the right team and the right situation. But when it came to winning games and actually being a actual legit superstar, we kind of saw Joe Johnson kind of fall short. And then we got to see that when Brooklyn made the trade for him and we saw that that team ended up imploding. So I want to be very cautious when we're saying Darius Garland and all these other players are so much better than R.J. Barrett when the statistics actually show that they're more closer to each other. But yet since they play different positions and in the right situations, apparently, oh, my God, we have to say that they're so much better than R.J. Barrett because we don't believe he's going to be an all-star. That, that, that's one of those things because we end uh, – 
you know, another comparison that I like to, to throw out when it comes to situations and players, in my mind, Corey Brewer was a very good play, underrated player for those Florida teams. But Joe Kim Noah ended up becoming the, you know, getting all the attention because he became defensive player of the year with Coach Tibbs and, you know, the right position at power forward, et cetera, et cetera, while Corey Brewer was a small forward, you know, in a time of LeBron, Kevin Durant, et cetera, et cetera. But we all know who ended up winning the championship ring, which was Corey Brewer. So it was just, you know, there's just certain things where it's like these players, there's just certain times where I just feel like I want a championship player. I just don't want a star that's going to fill up the stat sheet and then disappear appear like they did like like Cleveland did with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland in the same backcourt backcourt getting outplayed by Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett I'm not understanding this GD please try to explain this to me uh well look, I mean I think they're, they're very similar players they're they're still young players and Jose thanks for the phone call uh I think Joe Johnson was better than you were giving him credit for I mean if 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 the comparison is Joe Johnson and Ar- I don't know what the conversation was but Joe Johnson made made All Star games, multiple All Star. It wasn't like he just had like one or two. So I, I don't know um, how it, it got tied into to, into Joe Johnson. Here, here's the thing with the Knicks: um, if you're telling me that this off season is not the off season that you're going to get the big piece, and now it's going to come down to maybe next off season, they probably should have just went in a little bit more and paid the price for Donovan Mitchell. If that's if that's what we're going to be talking about, because it, it, we're waiting and patience is good. Nobody's going to complain about patience, but patience to a certain degree, if it turns out your time is also running out, there's a balance to it. And the more you get into it now after this offseason where it's going to be running it back essentially with a minor addition, I don't think that you close the gap at all between you and the top three teams in the East. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls. Gordon in for Dan, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. They say, oh, the British are coming, British are coming, the Knicks are coming. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. To get no hit, despite what that lineup looks like. Volpe, Torres, Stanton, Rizzo, Bader, Donaldson, LeMahieu, Kiner Falefa, and Trevino. It's not exactly going to confuse anybody for Murderer's Row, that's for sure. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So uh, Gordon Damer filling in for Dan Grassa today. And we have Harvey and Chantel along the way. Harvey, I was thinking about, you know, you're uh, being introduced to all these movies that uh, most people have seen before, but you have not seen up until now. I was thinking about maybe doing like a movie review segment for you at some point. Do you think you could consistently find a movie to watch every single week? Um, m- most likely, yes. I mean, depends what movies uh, we're, we're talking about here. Well, if I, if I gave you like a list of three, would you be willing to commit to watch one of those three movies in the course of a week? Yes. Now, this week you watched, finally, Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. Hilarious movie. Steve Martin, John Candy. You, you were a big fan. Yeah, love the movie. How could you not be? If you weren't, then there, it would really be an indication that there's more wrong with you than we already know. I'm a sucker for a good comedy, and, it, and especially like an old school comedy, because I want to see how the humor was back then. Mm-hmm. 
Really funny movie, but it still landed. Yeah, so, some of the sometimes those those movies that were hot in the moment they don't they don't age well. But that's one that does age well. No, that ages very well, and it's a holiday movie too. Now, why have you not seen this before now? Um, I just couldn't get around to it. I'm a very busy person these days. But I did hear <laughs> what what year did Plane Trains and Automobiles? I believe come out? it was the seventies. No, it wasn't the seventies. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I believe it was the eighties. No. Yeah, I would think it was probably. Uh, I think it was nineteen eighty seven. 1987. So you've been busy. You've been just you. You just been locked in since 87. You didn't have a free moment. No, I didn't have a free moment. No, I didn't hear much about it, but I just didn't have a free moment. Okay, all right. Uh, now, what's next up in the queue for you? Do you do you have one that you you're saying no? This is definitely, or is it still kind of wide open? It's wide open mostly. I, c- I can be mm-hmm. swayed to watch some other things, but I got Karate Kid on, uh-huh. on the Karate deck. Kid. Okay, that's a good one. One and two on deck. That was like '84. The original lady, uh, I think the original Karate Kid was like '84ish, somewhere around there. Uh, bar, uh, bar, RoboCop. That's another RoboCop. One. Okay. I do have the Barbershop as well. Okay. But if you so have, you have, one, so you have some options, so you don't need my input. Uh, if you want to give me input, um, go ahead. Well, mm. I I told you the one. That I think that you would really like that really flies on. It's not the the typical Victory movie is what that most saying. people would would suggest, but the movie Victory. It's a soccer right. movie. Stallone, Michael Caine, prisoners of war are forced to to play a soccer match while also trying to plan their escape from from uh, from from Germany. Right. I think you. I think that would really be up your alley. But you I, have a you have. A, I mean, in fairness, you have a weird alley. I don't worry, Ali. I mean, I'd, have to, I'd have to rent this movie. Well, rent. I mean, you'd have to hit a button. Rent. What, what are you going to the store and picking it up, and waiting for somebody to drop it in the bin? No. I mean, you, you're just you're just finding what streaming service has it available. Oh, uh, there's none. A couple he- of clicks. Look, I'll watch it for sure. But you told you told me three, so that's one. I told you three. You said three movies in the space of a week. Well, no. If I you already had three movies, I, I was saying I would give you options. Would you commit to watching one of those three in the course of the week? Yes. All right, we'll see. Well, we might uh, we might make that. Is a there a bit book a attached to some of these movies as well? Or? Is there what a, a book? book? Yeah. I don't believe that there's a book attached to Victory. No, that does not seem like. Do you read books? No, not not anymore. Not that I have. I don't have. Books. If books were created today, they would be murdered. I mean, the, the the books were really good when there were less options. Now I have everything right at my fingertips. Why would I go read a book? Books are great. I'm I'm reading a book on the the cosmos. Uh huh. Tremendous. I'm stuff feeling sleepy then. already. Well, we've only got another hour. Right. No. I'm. I'm. Tell me about that at, at in the last segment of the show because I'm going to take a nap after the show today, and that that will put me right in the mood. How much Once time? Once upon a time, there was a team called the Cosmos. Great team. How much time do you need for that? Um, not much. I, it, I'm already feel it's it's already having its impact. But yeah, like I'm going uh, for a colonoscopy right now. I mean, between I, I can feel it, I can feel the impacts coming on. I mean, between my story and the Yankees' offense coming right. Out at oh one my o'clock. God, it's amazing! I woke up for the show today. I, I fell into such a deep sleep last night. Woo! It was it was rough. But uh, eleven. I, I, this is all uh, just uh, getting to a point where. 11 o'clock will do what I learned this week on TikTok. I know Harvey's a big fan. I'm shooting um, O for something at this rate. I'm yeah. an O for. It's, you're due. Much like Stanton and Rizzo and Donaldson and LeMayhew, you, my friend, are absolutely due. That's for sure. 
maybe today's the day. You never know. It's got to be one of the day. It's got to happen eventually, right? We know it's in there, as as Aaron Boone would say. It's we just have to be better. Blind squirrel, hitting some balls hard. You had some good reasoning behind the options that you went with. All right, let's go back to the phones. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the telephone number. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Mitch is in the East Windsor. Mitch, what's going on? How's it going? Hey, Mitch, what's up? What, what do you got? Yeah, no, uh, can you can you believe that the rash of any uh, injuries that has happened to the Angels, Trout, Rendon, and Shohei Otani, he he can't even um, now he can't even pitch for a while. But he's definitely going to get the MVP. He's got that locked up. And what do you think about that Portland? It looks like they have a good guard. It looks like they're not going to get munched for Damon. Um, well, look, the Angels, uh, it, it's not that. I mean, Trout has gotten hurt before. Rendon is constantly hurt. Uh, that I mean, yeah. you talk about worst contracts in, in baseball. That has to be very high up on oh, the list. Oh, Trout? No, I think No, Trout. Rendon. Rendon's contract. Oh, Rendon. Yeah, Rendon. He, he's always hurt. That it's was a mistake of a contract they signed at the time. And, and look, uh, Mitch, thanks for the phone call. That's a perfect example of just spending money. You just got to spend money. Angels spend a ton of money, and they don't spend it well. So, um they're still in the fight. They just have to – it looks like Trout's going to be out for, for six weeks. It doesn't look like it's season-ending, but the, it, is, it has to be disappointing for them. And it makes me wonder, like, at what point does Mike – does Mike Trout ever say to the Angels, get me out of here? Does he ever say that? Because every year, the second half of seasons, he's playing for absolutely nothing. And they're still kind of in it. I think they're 500 right now. It feels like things are trending in the wrong direction for them. As for uh, for Portland, that one, it has to go on for a while. For Damian Lillard to say, I'm only going to the Miami Heat, the Portland Trailblazers have to be – at some point there has to be an NBA team that puts its foot down and says, no, we're not just going to trade you for pennies on the dollar because you only want to go there. We have to do what's best for our organization – there's far more teams interested in you that can offer far more than Tyler Hero and some draft picks in, in 2030. We're, we're holding out for the best possible deal for our organization because here's the thing. The idea, you got to treat Dame Lillard well because otherwise the, the other free agents, they'll see that and they won't. There's no free agents going to Portland. If they would, we wouldn't be in the position that they're in with, with, uh, with uh, Lillard. Lillard's been trying to convince people to go there and play with him for what, the last three years at least? It hasn't happened. So they're going to have to kind of build this from within. But I would not uh, be so concerned. And in terms of being treated well, by the time his contract is up, he will have made $450 million. I don't know. I feel like that's treating the guy pretty well. (laughs) It seems like uh, if that's treating him bad, please treat me bad. Degrade me, please. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls. We take you up until noon. Gordon in for Dan, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.